Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Creativity Lab. Thanks for being here and really excited to share with you guys, Jordan Benjamin, such an amazing human, so much wisdom to share around mental health and sales. He has a background in sales. He's actually a channel sales manager right now at HubSpot. He also has his own company um, dedicated to helping update your personal and corporate operating system to drive peak performance and harmony between work and life. And that's called My Core OS. Go check it out. But we talk about everything from, you know, just having a healthy mind in business and, and really how that drives uh, business business success and sustained performance, peak performance, having a growth mindset, overcoming um, different negative emotions throughout sales, and really just setting yourself up for success every single day. He gives so much great advice. I can't even say it all right now. Um, You'll just have to see for yourself. So everyone, this is Jordan Benjamin, and I can't wait for you to listen to it. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Creativity Lab. It's your girl, Lila Nielsen, and I am with a special guest. His name is Jordan Benjamin, and he works at HubSpot. He is a channel sales manager and the founder of Core OS, which I'm super excited to hear more around. You know, we were just talking before this, that today he led a a yoga and, you know, gratitude meditation for HubSpot, you know, his users over there. So he is, you know, so passionate about mental health and sales, and I'm so excited to pick your brain and just get to know you and what you're passionate about and and learn more about you. So Jordan, thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to talk about, you know, how do sellers, how do leaders support themselves and their mindset and the mental game better? Because I didn't learn any of this stuff in school uh, and had to fall on my face a lot to, to learn it along the way. So anything we can do to help folks with burnout, managing stress, and, and ultimately creating more sustainable top performance is stuff that I love to do. Yeah. And I feel like it's super relevant for anyone who's trying to to sell, right? Because if you don't have a good mental space, then how are you really going to be a good for, performer, right? So yeah, I, I'm curious, maybe what got you into caring about this? What, you know, led you to maybe, did you study psychology or, you know, I'm curious kind of what got you into learning more about the brain? Are you just a curious person in general? So I thought I wanted to be a lawyer initially when I first went to college, thought that was going to be it, did a couple internships and saw there was no way that was for me. I saw folks working unbelievable hours until, you know, work until 3 a.m., come back to the office at 6 a.m. And I just saw that was not going to be me. That was not going to be sustainable as a whole. It wouldn't really fill me up. Then I thought I was going to get into psychology because I love start learning about how do we think, why do we do what we do as humans? That also wasn't for me fully, although I've come back to it now and then got a business degree fundamentally. But in college, I had a few friends first expose me to yoga early on when I was like, I was an athlete. I thought I might play uh, baseball in college. Didn't pan out, but had a friend that was like, you've got to come to a yoga class with me. And I thought that was like so woo woo and like only for women. And it was like not going to be a workout. And a spring break, my first spring break, I came back, did a yoga class with my friend. And not only did it kick my butt, but I also got really humbled seeing these women that were probably three to three times my age, more athletic than I was, not sweating as badly. And it started to open my mind to what other things that I've been kind of holding off or or holding out of my life that could help me. And later that year, a friend introduced me to, to meditation. And 
started feeling these profound experiences that I'd, I'd never felt before, where I felt in control of my mind in a way that I'd never had, where I felt stress melt away was, and I was going into finals weeks and started building these practices probably 15, 16 years ago now that opened up my curiosity that really piqued my curiosity to go out and explore and learn and develop a lot of understanding around neuroscience. How does the brain work? How do we use mindfulness, becoming a yoga instructor? All these things have been along my kind of very weird path to figure my own crap out along the way that I never got in school aside from school, just telling me like, here's the linear learning path that you're on. And turns out life's got a lot of road bumps along the way, uh, a lot of potholes that you run into. And so for me, I, I've been out there searching, how, how do I support myself? And turns out most of us haven't been given this training aside from school of hard knocks. So that's kind of what got me started in it uh, and has really led the, the passion along the way as I've worked to, to be a top seller, as I coach different business owners on how do they sell and grow their business. I find that most of us have these similar struggles around our mindset, negative stories, burnout, even more so as we get towards the pandemic and, and folks being forced to work in ways that they weren't really set up or ready for. Right. Yeah. The infrastructure is, I feel like, not set up for for all of that, you know, to be able to do everything and have the work-life balance. But yeah, I think like your route or your path to get into it is is definitely unique. And a lot of people probably feel the same way. And I mean, I, I feel the same way as well. And yeah, just like the linear path of being in school and only, you know, business, finance, like accounting, you know, sales, like, and, and like, what do you do with the psychology degree other than just be a therapist, right? So it's like, how do I take that and navigate it? So you know, it, it's funny you say this because my parents are both therapists. So I, I always said I was a therapist in business because I loved and felt so passionate about sales. So that's kind of what always drew me to that because I was so curious about the mind too and how it works. And I remember like my favorite class was consumer behavior and just understanding and like even marketing. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so unique. So my favorite thing to do is my, my first job, I got a job selling it to marketing people. So I was like, okay, this is so cool because I could sell, do everything that I love to do, but then like get in the mind of a marketing person. So is that kind of what you did? Like, you know, what was your goals when, in your first sales job? Yeah, my path towards sales was somebody said, hey, like you should get a sales job. And I was like, well, I got a business degree and every business has to make money. So why not get into sales? And it allowed me to have conversations with business owners, understand how are they trying to drive growth? How are they trying to help people take action? And what I've found is that sales is one of the best ways to get better at life because the skills of great sellers are usually the skills, especially in today's version of selling, not so much of like the 20 years ago, used car salesman, slimy salesman, uh, sales professional, but the skills that make great sellers today are the skills that also make great humans. And some of those are things like active listening of actually being able to sit there and listen to what somebody else has to say without being ready to just jump on and give a reaction that is part of the script, but actually being able to tailor how you talk to folks based upon what they care about. I think the best sellers today understand the goals and objectives of a individual. And I need to do that when I try and understand my fiance and what she's trying to accomplish. And how can I help her? And so I think there's a lot of good correlation between being able to be a great seller and pick yourself back up from a bad month or getting no or getting rejected 
and getting uncomfortable and doing these things that also help us be the best version of ourselves as humans too. Right. And so, so you feel like there's two parts. It's like the energy and the mental health that you give to prospects, right? Like your airtime, right? And then the time that you give to yourself, picking yourself back up from burnout. Do you feel like it's two buckets? Do you feel like there's more that mental health plays into, into sales? I think it goes into pretty much everything. Uh, so I think about negative stories that we tell ourselves. I, I think there are so many times, uh, I just had a conversation with uh, a sales leader who said, you know, um, my team is not, they don't know if we're hiring folks that have the skills to sell or they can't do this. And I don't want to hear anybody that's talking about, I can't, you know, once we start saying, I can't do something, we're not going to be able to do it. And so I think there's a lot of components that come into our mindset and how do we perform that also drive the stories that we tell ourselves that either fill us up or tear us down and drag away at our success. Yeah, I've seen that firsthand. I've felt it firsthand and you can really tear yourself apart. What are the, what are the implications of, of having that mindset? Like, do you feel like you would tear down a good salesperson? Like maybe their potential could be taken away, right? Like they could be a really good salesperson, but their anxiety, their mental health, their self-talk, they could really take themselves down. So what do you think the impact of, of the, that negative self-talk is? And that is what leads to this negative downward vicious cycle that all of a sudden you've got negative self-talk in your head saying, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not sure if I'm good enough. The product's not good enough. The leads aren't good enough, whatever it may be. All of a sudden you start seeing, you don't see pathways to possibility. You work from this mindset of scarcity or fear, which is what most of us are programmed to do because that's what's kept us alive as humans for many, many, many thousands of years is look for fear, lack, scarcity. And so the more that we've let those negative stories come into our head, the less likely it is we're going to see the opportunity or the possibility yeah. for growth or the route. I like to use when I talk with folks about a growth mindset about like, yeah, if I run into a wall with a fixed mindset, I'm going to give you all the reasons why I can't do something. Hmm. But if I have a growth mindset, I'm going to say, look at that wall. I wonder if I could build a ladder to climb over it, or if I could dig a hole to, to go under it, or oh, I've got some dynamite here. I'm going to blast a hole through that freaking thing. And so this is how we can start finding possibilities. And if we don't notice those negative stories, if we don't have awareness of them first and foremost, and then we don't think that we can actually change or control them, it leads to whether it's burnout or it just leads to lack of performance, which creates a lot of burnout and makes it so much harder to actually fulfill what you're best at. Yeah. And hence, you know, unfulfilled potential, right? And I feel like maybe a big part of that is just being super honest with yourself and meeting yourself where you're at and not just pointing fingers at, oh, this is, you know, you can, you can make a million and one excuses, right? But you said, if you're, you know, if you look at yourself and really identify what's going on at the core, at the core, um, <laughs> then you can, then you can really overcome it. Like you said, go into the, you know, all the opportunities that you could really do. So yeah, I'm, maybe we could talk about my core OS and maybe like how that played into the back. And do you kind of teach on some of these things in your, in your business? And yeah, that, that's the big thing. It's funny. I, I've got one story that anytime I think about placing blame, I remember I, I played baseball my whole life and I'd strike out and you know, the, I would think it was a ball. It was outside. It wasn't a strike I'd go back end of the day. I'd complain to my dad, like, 
can't believe he called that a strike. It's the umpire's fault. Right. And every time I start pointing fingers, I remember my dad saying, he called it a strike. You could have swung. It's not the umpire's fault. And so thinking about how do you take that personal responsibility has been something that I still struggle with every single day. And that's why I continue to explore and talk about it with folks because it's hard for us to really take that accountability as a whole. And so for me, with my core OS, what we get into is most of us will, when our computer forces it or our phone forces it, we'll update the operating system. And that happens multiple times throughout a year. But most of us haven't really had time to, to your point, be honest with ourselves and understand, well, what are the experiences in my life that I've had that define how I show up and how I lead or how I interact with others? The bad breakups, the seeing the parents get divorced, the loss of a loved one, all these things impact how we show up and how we see the world and our perspective. And from there, that defines how we operate. And so what I work with teams on, sellers on is, how do we understand that operating system? How do we understand our, our values? What are the things that we really care about as, as individuals? And how do we start refining that system to really support us moving in the direction we want to go? So we work on things all the way from goal setting to neurolinguistic programming or NLP and understanding the language that we use, uh, understanding the moments in our lives that have been incredibly impactful for us and how we show up and lead to all sorts of other pieces around, you know, some mindfulness and, and managing stress and being aware of different tools that help us really create that version of ourselves that we want to see today, knowing that that may change down the road as well as we continue to learn. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I want to be a part of this. <laughs> like, I need this. Yeah. A couple of things I heard, like the accountability piece. And I think your dad is very brutally honest with you. So that, that program you right from an early age to be like, you know, cut the crap. I need to like really take in what I need to get better and not make excuses about life. And I, that probably helped you a lot in, in your mindset talking. I, I've never thought about like the, an operating system, right? And we need to do software updates, you know, to, speaking of tech, it's, it's so interesting how you say that because we do need to take a, a look in the mirror and really understand what we're going through and how we can be better and how we can you know, feel better and make ourselves more ready for every day, you know, so be our, be our best selves. So yeah, I think that's really important that you, you hone in on that. And obviously like your goals and just like stress levels are also in a part of it. So I'm happy that you guys talk about that on there. Have you seen success with, with what you've, you've provided? Like maybe you can share a story with some people you've worked with. Yeah. I, I, so it's interesting for me. I find that a lot of times this works the best with our like B plus reps that they've gotten the foundational elements down. They understand how to sell, how they, they've seen success, but they're trying to crack the code on how do they continue that, you know, and how do they set up their life so it helps them move in the right direction. And so I've worked with a, a lot of reps. I talked to some of our, you know, top reps this last year that were having the best year of their career, but were so burnt out and stressed. You know, they were the A plus players, top one percenters, but yet I've come back and said, I've never been more stressed or burnt out in my life. And yet I'm having the best performance that I've ever had. And I think so many of us in sales look at that top 1% and say like, oh, you're getting the biggest commission checks. You're making all the money. Like yeah. you must be really happy. And yet the more of these top reps that I talk to, they're like, I'm so stressed and I'm so burnt out. And so we've got to work through a handful of different exercises and tools that I use to help understand where do we need to find that rest or relaxation to perform at our best? Many of us think 
that in order to perform at our best, we just need to hustle and push harder. But what we find is there's actually a lot of ways to find a little bit of rest or relaxation to actually get back to that peak performance or for that top performance that we want to sustain. And so how do we build practices in where maybe you do take a mental health day? You know, maybe it's just a couple minutes in the morning of thinking about what you might be grateful for or at the end of the day or simply having a what went well today and what can I improve on to help build that growth mindset and to also celebrate the small victories because so many of us in sales, like once a deal is done, we've got to go on to the next one. We may come off of our best month ever or quarter or year. And the next day we are back at zero with leaders that say, what have you done for me lately? I don't care what you did last month. Like, what are you doing right now? And so sales has this culture that makes it really hard to drive success. But with a lot of the reps and teams that I've worked with, they've been able to build a shared language together about, well, how do we actually start communicating more effectively? Most people have a really hard time telling you how they're actually feeling. Mm -hmm. And so we actually work to say, well, let's map out some words that are associated to our feelings beyond I'm good, I'm fine, I'm okay, to I'm tired, I'm energized, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. So we can actually have some impact when we label how we feel to now have a better self-understanding. And then we also have a, the ability to start talking in our teams and actually showing up as humans mm -hmm. opposed to robots. Because I think most of our training in teams historically has treated everybody as a cog in the machine that's an emotionless robot. Mm -hmm. And we're humans. We have feelings. We have good days. We have bad days. And understanding how do we tailor our leadership style and how do we tailor our work style to where we're at in some different days and how do we support ourselves to get back to our best are some of the things that have really helped folks that I've been working with, whether it's around, yeah, I want to hit higher attainment numbers, whether it's, you know, I want my team to be less stressed or burnt out or whether it's, you know, I want to make sure that I'm taking care of my physical health and not letting that completely go to the wayside. Mm -hmm. or spend time with my friends and family. So there are a lot of different ways that we work with folks that have, you know, all have their own different unique goals based upon the kind of struggles and challenges that they have personally uh, or, or with their teams too. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is, this is going to be so energized. This is, this is amazing. And I do feel like, I mean, we're not robots, even though we may work on AI and ML, whatever, we're not robots and we're people. And we do need to have these one-on-one -on -one conversations with coaches, leaders, managers, to really tuck in if we're okay, because top performers are expected to keep being top performers, you know, and you think that they're okay. Like you said, they, you know, we all think that they're doing great and have, you know, two houses and, you know, they're, they're doing amazing and taking vacations, but, you know, they're grinding as well and they need to be checked in on because we can't just keep pushing them for more numbers and numbers, numbers, like they're people too. So, yeah, I think that's, an interesting perspective around like working with like B plus sellers and also like top sellers, because maybe that is the most important because it's not just because you would think like, oh, the people who are doing the worst need the most help. But yeah, it is, is it is important to look at top performers and, and really guide them to, you know, sustaining that. So I, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think one of the stories that really sticks out for me is I, I remember really in my sales career, I went and talked to a guy that had just been number one in the whole company out of hundreds of different sellers, made buku bucks, like unbelievable, got all the recognition. And we have a conversation. He's like, well, well, now what? It's a new year. Now what am I, do I just go for number one again? 
And if we don't have more purpose behind why we're trying to achieve a goal, and maybe for some of us, it is just like, I want to be on top. That fulfills me. But you find that most of us need to find a purpose that goes a little bit beyond just us. So yes, maybe this enables me to buy the house or take the vacation or give back to my family. And that's where we'll find that more sustainable fulfillment that goes just beyond, I want to be number one because I want to be ahead of everybody for most of the folks that I've worked with. And so having that purpose, I think is something that most of us haven't spent much time looking at or understanding what really drives us beyond the quota that is set by the business. Yeah, I agree. What do you think are some examples of like other things that could drive us like other than just money and promotion? Like, how do you feel like people could stay motivated and, and really get really fulfilled in their role in the sales role? To me, the, the best way to find fulfillment is by giving to others, by contribution to others. And, and whether that is, okay, great, you're a top performer. Well, now you go take a few folks under your wing and help guide them on the things that you wish you would have known in the past. For some of us, maybe it's philanthropy and being able to go give back, whether it's financially or with your time and knowledge and skills to understand, you know, how can a nonprofit help go support other people that maybe are less fortunate? For me, that is the biggest one. But then there's other ones of, you know, I love, a I love traveling. I love eating good food. And so if I can connect what I'm doing to a little bit larger purpose than just I'm selling this deal because I got to close this person to, oh, if I can help their business grow better or more effectively, if I can help them avoid burnout or stress so they can show up and do whatever their thing is better. Those are the types of things that I think as humans, we all get more fulfillment from as opposed to just saying like, I'm number one. Yeah. And then getting into the, well, now what? What's right. next? What's next? Yeah. And I feel like you need to kind of have an outline of like, what is next? You know, like, what do you want to support it and be your goals? I was just reading what you had behind you. And I like your whole setup there. And he has in his background on a whiteboard, how are you creating the best version of you? So I was wondering, Jordan, what, what does that mean to you? And kind of on this conversation, how to really like, you know, dig into your goals and, and create a growth mindset and create a, a, a future that's worth like living and, and really, you know, building upon how does, you know, building a best version of yourself kind of go in that? Totally. Uh, I, I love that you flipped the question on me. So for me, I think it's first and foremost, understanding and believing that as humans, we have this unbelievable capacity to create greatness. I love that we have technology and, and to this like whole computer, like we are not computers thought. Mm -hmm. We can get so much leverage from technology, but instead, most of us are just trying to push, 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 push harder. And so for me, how am I creating the best version of myself? It goes throughout my entire day. Starts off with like a morning routine where I get up, meditate, find some quiet time to just see what's happening inside of myself, to see what thoughts are coming up. I think a lot of people misconstrue meditation as only being successful when your mind is completely silent. Mm -hmm. Not the case. Our minds are continually running. And so for me, I try and build that space into my day. So maybe I can find a little bit more space, one breath before I respond to my prospect, before I react to my manager saying, hey, can you move uh, a meeting on your calendar? We got to hop on Zoom where typically fight or flight kicks in and I might go, oh, I'm going to get fired, whatever all this negative stuff is and allows me to just process and then react because fight or flight doesn't really need to happen in today's day and age. So I get up, I meditate, 
I journal. I usually do some form of reading to help learn something new every single day. I might also be listening to a podcast like this and learning from wonderful people. And then I usually go through some form of kind of incantations or mantras that I really want to live to, to think about what my day, what my life can look like, because we're all fighting a lot of negative programming in the back of our brains that holds us back. Uh, and then I usually try and find about an hour of deep work uh, on some of my projects. And then I, I work out taking care of your physical body. I think physical health is one of the most direct correlations to mental health and success there that then drives better you know, results in whatever it is that you do. And so that's kind of how my, my mornings go. And then I, I've been bad at it lately, but I try and find time to actually take a break or two throughout the day as I run on back-to-back -back meetings a lot. I don't always take my own advice. It's a work in progress, or, or as my Peloton instructors say, progress over perfection. Uh, and, and so from there, it's, you know, how do I find a couple spaces throughout my day to either go pet my dog or walk outside or eat lunch, maybe in the sunlight if I'm lucky, not as much outside in the winter in Colorado right now, but finding those ways to create some space. And then at the end of my day, I, I like to look at what went well, what can I improve on and how do I set myself up for the next day? with usually like a checklist in Evernote or something of the sort of what are the key activities I need to get done in the next day. So I've already got my planning for what's going to happen next. So that's a bit of the operating system I'm using for myself today, but it's something I'm always kind of tweaking and changing. Mm -hmm. Ever evolving, right? But we are humans. We are humans. I think you really have it kind of laid out. Like you, you have everything like meditation and really giving back to yourself and then working out and having mantras and be able to take time for yourself. I think you really have thought through what is going to make you most successful. And I think that is really cool to see. And thanks for laying out your whole day. I'm curious, like what you do with negative thoughts that pop up throughout your day. Like obviously everything's not rainbows and sunshine. So I'm just curious why I have you. Like, what do you do with negative thoughts? <laughs> Beat myself up a lot of times with them. Uh, I, I got called out twice actually uh, in the last, last couple of weeks of somebody being like, wow, like you, I hear you saying that to yourself. Like, that's not that good. And so this is all a work in progress. But for me, when I, I do identify those negative thoughts, there's a practice that actually my coach gave me recently that was like, you see that negative thought? And literally, that's BS. And he was like, belief system. <laughs> and so those negative thoughts, call them out and then move to the truth is, you know? So for me, I have, let's see here, what's a, a good example I can use? Oh, I don't know. This one's pretty cheesy, but I'm not good enough. Therefore, I can't do this thing. And I'll actually call out, that's BS. What the truth is, is I've spent time learning, developing, performing at an incredibly high level. So there's a ton of value to be had. Or uh, a lot of times I may see like, oh, I, I, I did a really crappy job on that sales process. And it's like, that's BS. I did really well here. And here's the area I'd like to improve because that starts to foster this growth mindset versus just beating yourself up. And so I, I love the, what went well? What can I improve when I find myself getting into negative thoughts, especially around my sales process, the meetings I had and say, yeah, something in there went well. Maybe it's the fact that I picked up the phone today, but trying to find a little bit of that silver lining or looking for the good. And then I, I'm also a massive fan of practicing gratitude. Um, our, our brains are pre-wired for negativity, as I've already touched on. And with this concept of neuroplasticity, seeing that we can rewire our brain and how it works. Well, if we go start looking for more of the good in life, 
maybe that's just saying thank you to somebody a little bit more effectively or more frequently. Maybe it's finding what are the things that I'm grateful for to the simplest level of like, whoa, my heart is beating today. I don't know why or how, like somebody didn't wake up today. Pretty amazing that I've got the opportunity to live. Mm. Or maybe it's the like, oh, I'm so grateful I hit President's Club or whatever it could be. But those are some of those practices that help me reframe those negative thoughts and then also start to build more and more of the good uh, into my life. So I see more of that more frequently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a cycle. Like if you avoid beating yourself up and just focus on, you know, I can improve in this area, but, you know, I did good here and then just keep like, you know, lifting yourself up. I feel like that will just spiral in an upward direction. I keep keep saying that instead of downward spiral, I keep, you know, referring to it as upward spiral because, you know, you do set the tone of your mind sets the tone of the day of, you know, how you're going to feel about yourself, your your work, everything. So I, I think that's a good methodology of just like really, instead of focusing on the bad, just really like picking out what you did good and maybe just something to improve on. And, and bad stuff's going to happen. I, I still have negative thoughts all the time. I think one of the other things that's really helpful as you see those negative thoughts coming through is realizing that I am not my thoughts. My thoughts are coming through me, but I'm an observer of my thoughts opposed to the fact that my thoughts do not, are not 100% true. And in many cases, the thoughts that I have, I would never say to a good friend of mine. I would never tell them that kind of thing. And so realizing that, oh, is that thought true? No, it's not. Mm -hmm. And that does not define me. But what defines me is how I react to that thought. And that's really where our power starts to come in. But they're still there. I don't expect them to ever go away, especially if you're trying to get uncomfortable or do anything new. So what, one of the other tips that I, I like for folks is a, a shameless self-promotion folder or a brag book. There are a lot of different names that I've heard there, but I like that. It's like today, today I, I led a meditation and got I don't know, a bunch of Slack messages from folks saying like, wow, you really, that was fantastic. Like in that 15 minutes, like I felt so much better than I have in multiple days. And I feel so much better about going out and approaching my day. And so I'll take screenshots of those and throw them in a folder for those times when those negative thoughts are coming up. And I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. I'm not good enough. I don't have the skills. And it's like, oh, well, look at those like hundred times you got messages from people saying, wow, this was really impactful or on a sales process, or I've got old, you know, sales waterfalls saved of, oh, great. I was number one in 275% mm -hmm. because there were times when I come off of a 55% month, not like it's ever happened, just kidding, maybe last month. Uh, and it's like, well, can I do this? Do I have the skills? Oh my gosh, look at all these times in the past that I've proven that I can do this. So you can fight against that negative chatter that is common for all of us. It's so common. It's really, really common. And I, that's a really good tip because you can, you know, I, I do screen, I think I do it subconsciously. I screenshot a lot of the things that are like positive and good and I'll, I'll keep them, but I'm going to do that more. I'm going to create like a whole brag folder or even, I was thinking like a video to just being like working from home, like creating a video of myself when I'm feeling really good and inspired and then replay it every day. <laughs> like every day. Success leaves clues. You know, it's like, yeah, when you're feeling great, like understand, like what helped me get there? Because most of us just don't have awareness. I, I think there's this really interesting concept that if you look at humans compared to most other animals, no other animal sits around with a parent until they're 18 years old is told exactly what to do along the lines of school to say, oh, here's exactly everything you need to know and learn to do. Like there are animals that 
come out and like are totally independent initially. But yet we've been trained to think that someone's going to guide us. Someone's going to show us the way or tell us what we have to do. Right. And I think it's made it really hard for us to realize how do we build those real skills that we actually need? And how do we have the vulnerability to even say like, I'm struggling with my confidence right now. I'm struggling with my health or my mental health or any of these other areas that vulnerability is what gives us the ability to see that we are all humans, to realize that we all have struggles and challenges in our lives that are the biggest and most important thing for us. And so by being able to show up in a work environment and not have to feel like we are two different people, one at work and one at home, I think starts to build more authenticity and gives us this shared language and shared ability to start saying, wow, we're all pretty similar. And how do we go help each other perform at our best or, or help others solve challenges that they're trying to go after is where we really start to find that best part of ourselves because we are social animals and social creatures. And we do the best when we come together and, and continue to build things up. What would you say to the people who are working from home right now and feel like they're on an island and, you know, do you feel like they need to collaborate more with their team or kind of what would you say to someone who's struggling working from home and feeling like that? So one, I'd check in with myself and say, well, what is it that has changed for me? What am I missing? Is it the informal coffee chats or lunches? Is it the get togethers with a big group of people? And once you start understanding, like, what am I missing? We can start solving it. For me, I missed a lot of our new hires that came on board to the team. And I wasn't really engaged with them. I didn't know who they were. I knew nothing about them. I only saw them in the team meeting. So I've made it a practice to say, great, at least once a week, I'm putting time on one new person's calendar to connect with them with no real agenda aside from who are you? What's important to you? Uh, what do you care about? I have also found some different online communities that are bringing different people together over Zoom. And yes, it's not, you know, I'm not there like shaking someone's hand or giving them a hug or whatever it is. But, you know, I, I've joined on in the last couple of months, a, a community called Thursday Night Sales run by a couple of sales executives, which is great. Scott, Lisa, and Amy Volus, which is really interesting to hear what other people are doing in their career, sales cast community, all these other areas, trying to find people that are doing similar things. And really on LinkedIn lately, I've been really working to refine who are the people that I'm following because I'm seeing so many people posting things that bring me up that actually are giving me more value than when I was in the office, just having random conversations with people. And I'd offer out, join something in your local community. If you want to like really connect and get in person uh, or get connected with people in person, there are so many different things going in on the community that may not have to just be about work, but could be about something that you might be passionate about. You know, there may be groups around food or working out or whatever it could be. Photography, pets. Like there's so many things that we can connect on as humans that we felt we would get from work or we thought we would get from school because that's how we made all of our friends. And even making friends as adults in the working world is, it was challenging well before the pandemic and before remote work. And it's just a little bit harder now. So I yeah. think we've got to be more proactive about it. That's a great answer. Really thought out. And I, I agree with everything single thing you said. I'm curious, who are some people that you really look up to? I know Scott Lease is amazing, Amy. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, like who, who's on your feed, you know, and LinkedIn? And cause I, I also have like a, a long list of people that I look up to in a feed on, on LinkedIn, but I'm just curious kind of what yours looks like. 
Oh my gosh. The the list has been growing exponentially uh-huh. lately. Who are some of the folks that come to mind though? Kevin Dorsey, KD has been dropping some wonderful knowledge as I've been following him. Brandon Fluharty, Morgan Ingram, Jeff Risley is talking a lot about mental health in sales and, and has been championing that through the Sales Health Alliance. Through Uncrushed is another incredible organization really helping support mental health, burnout, and stress within sales. Let's see here. Oh, gosh, I've got so many. Megan Mishak. Oh, my gosh. There are so many. Uh, Cynthia Barnes. I just interviewed her and, and have been following her. She runs the National Association of Women's Sales Professionals is dropping crazy knowledge to really support women in sales. Jeffrey Hermes, there's, there's like, sorry, my list is going to go on forever. You can hit me up if you, if you want me to list some of these out. Um, but there are so many people I, I've switched so much of my social media time towards LinkedIn, which I still think can have some negative impacts to it, but I, I've just found it to be so much more uplifting and, and helping me move forward. Whereas a lot of my time on Instagram or Facebook is just endless scrolling with no impact, but the endless scrolling that I'm starting to do on LinkedIn at least has some positive impact in my life and helps me level up or think about things differently. 100%. I agree. I've I've been the same boat as you. I've never thought I was going to be spending more time on LinkedIn than Instagram, you know, like at my age, like it's, it's so crazy. My friends are like, why do you, you have 8k followers on on in, or LinkedIn. And I'm just like, eh, you know, yep. the, like, it's, it's, it's so powerful of a, a spot for us to, again, help lift each other up. I, I think back to this point of like, how do you find purpose? How do you find fulfillment? So much of it is in giving and contributing to others. And now as people are starting to write and share ideas or engage, that's when we start to think differently. So much of our learning we were taught is going to happen from actually reading the book or watching the video. But really where learning happens is when we get a chance to reflect on something. And so if you read something on LinkedIn, you sit there and think about it and write a comment that just goes beyond, this is cool, great thought. And sometimes that's the right one to make. But if you sit there and actually think about, well, like how does that impact me? Or how do I now see the world differently if I think from that perspective? Questions help us see the world differently. And that reflection is what really locks in learning for us. And so that's what I found a lot of on LinkedIn outside of just looking at like, oh, somebody's on the beach. Oh, somebody had a good dinner. Oh, somebody's kids, like all wonderful things. And I wanna stay connected to those relationships, but really refining and pruning down to, okay, how can I connect and find more folks that lift me up has been a a game changer for me. And and that's really only been in the last year and probably even less. Yeah, when everything's going, you know, remote in the pandemic, I feel like everyone's kind of going on LinkedIn and trying to stay more connected. So I hear that. But Jordan, I am so thankful that you were here today and sharing your knowledge. You are such an intellect and just a curious person, just like me. So I've been feeling like I'm sitting here just so excited and I want to like replay this and take all the knowledge that you just shared. So thank you. Um, where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Um, I know obviously my core um, OS, but maybe tell the viewers like where they can reach out to you. Yeah. I, if you're listening to a podcast, I, I love podcasting. Uh, peak performance selling, wherever you get your podcasts, it's there. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm just Jordan Benjamin. And it's, yes, Jordan is my first name. Benjamin's the last name. It's two first and last names. People get totally confused all the time. Uh, and then mycoreos.com is another way to hit me up. But I, I always love connecting with folks and can't wait to connect more. Beautiful. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. And there we have it, another episode of the Creativity Lab in the books. 
Thank you guys all so much for joining in and listening today. I appreciate every single one of you. So thank you so much for your positive support and uh, constructive criticism and feedback. Um, I needed all I can get in this journey of my podcast. So thank you so much. Hopefully you found this episode to be entertaining as well as inspirational, potentially motivational to you know practice more creativity in your own walks of life. So I hope that came across today. As well as I wanted to let you guys know that I do have an Instagram page. My handle is the underscore creativity lab, as well as my my image, my brand there is a moon in a star. So go ahead and look for that and give it a follow, as well as I post tons of motivational and you know business content around personal development. So hopefully you guys can go give it a follow. You know, overall, I'm just so thankful for every single one of you guys to be here and support me in my in my journey to understanding and diving deeper into conversation and connections with like-minded people. So I uh, thank you all for supporting me and I can't wait to see you guys at the next one. Thanks.